It's unnecessary roughness. Hands off to Jacob, stutters to the right, burst through the whole 20, 25, 30. He's off to the races here in Seattle. Nobody's going to catch him. 25, 20, 10, ball game. Bye-bye, Josh. 86 yards in overtime to walk it off for a second straight week. Touchdown, Raiders. Victory, Las Vegas. I have nothing to say. Oh, my goodness. Let's go home. <laughs> this is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Best part of that highlight right there is Lincoln Kennedy saying, I have nothing to say. Let's go home. <laughs> I can only imagine on the sideline for the silver and black when Josh Jacobs is making that run, dashing to the end zone, knowing that the game was going to be over. Game, set, match. I can only imagine that sideline basically saying the same thing. Oh, my gosh. Let's go home. Right? Just because that's not the way. When you go into overtime, you don't think that that's going to happen. You don't think that there's going to be a play and all of a sudden the running back's going to hit the hole and boom, 86 yards later, the game's going to be over. Like, that's just not the way you imagine a walk-off. And, you know, I, I talk about walk-offs and I immediately think of baseball, but that's literally the, the equivalent of a walk-off home run. Right? And, and they don't happen that often. Right? You get a walk-off base hit, sometimes a walk, sometimes whatever the case may be. But, man, walk-off home runs are something special. One of the most entertaining plays in baseball is a walk-off home run, and that was the equivalent of it right there from running back Josh Jacobs. So when Lincoln says, I ain't got nothing to say, let's go home and laughs, that's all you have to say. <laughs> that is absolutely all you have to say. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, excited to be with you for the next three hours. Big ups to my man Harry Ruiz, who was filling in for JT earlier today. He was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, broadcasting from their podcast studio. Did a fantastic job. Like I said, definitely appreciate Harry and his efforts. I believe that JT will be back with us on Monday. Uh, so Harry will be back with us again tomorrow. But like I said, definitely appreciate Harry and all his efforts each and every day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So Got a big show lined up for you, as we always do. And, you know, today was a different day. It felt kind of weird not going over to the facility because today was an off day for the Silver and Black. They're off today. They'll be back at it tomorrow, uh, Saturday, Sunday. Throughout the course of the weekend, they'll be there. So we'll be there as well, uh, providing everything that we can as far as coverage goes when it comes to the Silver and Black. And that's what we do, right? I mean, I know some people will look at it and be like, man, you're going to go out there on a weekend? Absolutely. <laughs> there is no doubt about it. Like, this is what we live for. We live for football season. Right, We go all off-season long, and we think it's the longest off-season. Then once, once football season hits, you kiss your wife, you uh, hug your kids, and you say, I'll see you in February. I'll see you when the Super Bowl's over, and then maybe I won't even see you then, depending on the draft, depending on free agency, and whatever the case may be. You might not see him until that, that little window, I want to say late May and maybe early June. <laughs> that might be that little small window. Oh, yeah, you know that window when I went on vacation not too long ago? That's the window I'm talking about. So, really, uh, you know, it, it goes from being a couple weeks off per year as far as vacation to maybe one week if you're lucky. But, again, that's what we live for. That's what we do. That's what we're passionate about. And that's why we're here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So, the team will be back in action tomorrow after getting a, a well-deserved day off today after back-to-back -back padded practices. So, the interesting part will be will they be back in pads on tomorrow so we'll find out well obviously when we're back out there but coming up on the show today and maybe we'll ask this guy uh, our normal thursday guest at 2 30 vinnie bonsignor from the rj and of course our our morning show the the morning tailgate here on radio nation radio 920 he'll join us at 2 30 to talk about all things silver and black including the la latest transaction that i just saw uh, the raiders put 
uh, Austin Walter, the running back on reserve injured list, and he was a guy that left practice earlier this week as a, with the injury, and we knew that when they signed tight end Jacob Hollister, you know, they, they released O.J. Howard earlier this week, but then they signed Jacob Hollister. Me and, and Vinny were talking about the fact that he had counted up the roster and they were at 91 guys. So they had to release somebody. So uh, Austin Walter now has been put on the reserve injured list. So the running back room, room you know, drops a little bit. But, again, he was injured earlier this week. So kind of knew that that was coming. Uh, figured that that was what was going to happen. Didn't know if maybe Brandon Faison, before we had talked to Coach McDaniels, if he was going to be a guy that was potentially put on IR, depending on how, how bad his injury was. But after we talked to Coach, it sounded like Brandon Faison really avoided a major injury. So, He's good to go. Or he's good to go. We don't know when we'll see him back out there. But, again, it uh, doesn't sound like he has a massive injury to, to worry about. But uh, Austin Walter, uh, he's been put on the reserve injured list, so you won't see him. But we'll talk to Vinny about him. We'll talk to him about the conversation we had yesterday on the show when it comes to guys that we might not be paying attention to, guys that we may be sleeping on that could have an impact on the team. That's how the whole conversation started yesterday. Before I came to the airwaves, it was me and Vinny talking, and that's how Jerry Tillery's name popped up. Right. And then Marcus Epps as well, uh, even though he's a guy that has high expectations, still I don't think a lot of people are talking about him. But I do think he's going to be an impact player for the Raiders this upcoming season. And that, my friends, is something to get excited about. Uh, you know, whenever you can get uh, a free agent to join the team and then they pay off as well, that's a bonus. Right. Because free agency is is it's a crapshoot. You just don't know. You know, there's a reason why a, a, a team lets a guy go you know, and lets them go to another team and, and walk in free agency. There's a reason why that team didn't want him, and so sometimes you just don't know. Uh, maybe he's not going to be a fit with your team, but so far, and that's only been a handful of practices, seven to be exact, it looks like Marcus Epps fits really well with the Raiders. So we'll talk to Vinny about all things silver and black, what he's been seeing uh, out at training camp through the first seven practices and the people that he's been talking to, getting information, all things Raiders. Uh, coming up at 3 o'clock, we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. Uh, he met with the media yesterday. Also, offensive lineman Jermaine Illuminor, who uh, I've referenced a few times on the show. He, uh, he's feeling pretty comfortable and confident because it's first, the first time in his career he comes into training camp as the starter. So, I mean, that's something to, to you know be excited about for him. But he also has to hold on to that spot, and that's something that I've questioned multiple times. Is he going to be able to hold down that spot? Is he going to be able to be that starter when they head to Denver? Or is a guy like Thayer Munford, second-year guy out of Ohio State, is he going to be able to uh, you know, sur surplant him and take that spot from him and potentially be that starting right tackle? Uh, obviously, they've got a long ways to go in training camp. They've got preseason games to go, and uh, only time will tell. But uh, the last practice, I saw Thayer Munford and I saw – uh, 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 Jermaine or Luminor kind of switching in and out. And so, you know, that kind of lets you know where they're at right now. They're still tinkering with that offensive line. So, uh, again, we'll talk, uh, we'll, we'll talk to Vinny at 2.30, and then we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels and Jermaine Illuminor coming up around 3 o'clock. At 3.30, we'll take a slight twist. Tony Crosby uh, from Slam Ball. He's on, the t on Team Slashers. My man is five foot six. My man is five foot six, and he's the most electrifying player in Slam Ball. I'll tell you right now, when uh, myself and Lil' Q would go out to the Slam Ball games the last couple weekends as we've gone out there, that is a team that we want to see because Tony Crosby II is fantastic. This dude jumps out of the gym, and when I say the gym, I mean any gym. There's not a gym in the country he can't jump out of. This dude is phenomenal, right? I mean, he, he was, there was a certain point in the game that we were watching last week where I think the Slashers had 30 points and Tony had 26 of them. Right, I mean, he just—he's incredible. And then on the uh, on the face-offs, again, this guy's five foot six and just jumps out of the stinking gym and does all kind of crazy. There's YouTube videos of him doing like a quadruple, the ball under the legs, under the other leg, and then boom, dunk. I mean, just 
ridiculous. So he's one of the most electrifying players that's participating in Slam Ball. And, of course, that's going on at the Cox Pavilion. We've uh, had someone on from Slam Ball each and every week from uh, Mason, the guy who's really putting everything on, the guy who really got everything going and got the ball rolling again when it comes to Slam Ball. Uh, we've had Coach Ken Carter on, who has a team there. Uh, we've had a couple players on now. So each and every week we've been talking some Slam Ball. So Tony Crosby the second from the Slashers, he'll join us at 3.30. Then, so excited for 4 o'clock. Four o'clock comes up, man, my brother, Bart Scott, former NFL linebacker. He'll actually he's actually in town right now. He's been using our studios uh, at Lotus Broadcasting. and He's been using them all week long. So he's actually in town. What he's going to do is stop by the studio and he'll join Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And um, we're just going to talk shop. Right. I mean, and, and he's I think the last time he was on, maybe the Raiders were going through OTAs. It wasn't quite mandatory minicamps, but it was a really good conversation. And uh, Bart is on ESPN New York right now. He's been on ESPN National, of course, a former NFL linebacker. And he just knows what it's, what it's like, right? Also, he's a guy that has started from the very bottom. He was a guy that the Ravens got as an undrafted free agent. So he went into training camp as an undrafted free agent, had to earn his stripes, had to earn his spot. And then all of a sudden he became the wily old veteran. Right, and again, one of the, the best linebackers that the, the Ravens had. Of course, you know, they had Ray Lewis, so that's, that's telling you all you need to know. They had Terrell Suggs, which is obviously, obviously a fantastic player, more of an edge rusher, but you get it. But Bart Scott was one of the best that they had. And so uh, anytime that I get an opportunity to, to catch up with Bart, it's great. So he's going to jump into the studio around 4 o'clock uh, to talk shop, talk all things NFL. Of course, we'll lead off with the silver and black and, you know, what it's like to be in training camp and, you know, as, a, as an undrafted free agent, what's going through your mind, how are you trying to handle yourself, and uh, we'll go through everything. We'll talk about the running back position with Josh Jacobs, and, you know, I ran into him in the hallway earlier this week uh, there at the radio station, and he was talking about Josh and saying how important he is for the success of the Raiders this upcoming year and talking about a couple other players that he's very familiar with there with the Raiders. So uh, we'll talk all things NFL all things Raiders training camp, just training camp in general with Bart Scott, former NFL linebacker, both with the Ravens and the Jets. So you know we got those Jets conversation in there, right? Got to talk some A.A. Ron. That's what he likes to call uh, Aaron Rodgers, A.A. Ron. So we'll talk, we'll talk about the Jets as well coming up at 4 o'clock with Bart, Bart Scott. And then uh, my man Ari is going to take over the wheels of steel about 4.30. We'll have reason or excuse. Ari's got a bunch of different topics. He'll throw them at me. We'll decide reason or excuse. So. Between Vinny Bonsignor, Tony Crosby II, Bart Scott, uh, Sound from Hickos, Joshua Daniels, and Jermaine Illuminor, and Ari with uh, reason or excuse, we've got a loaded show for you. Oh, and on top of that, we've got winning on the way. Oh, and on top of that, we want to hear from you as well. 702-365-9200, you are the cherry on top. You are what makes this show go is all the feedback, either on the phone lines or on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r So excited about today's show. We'll be back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center tomorrow for Raiders practice, but let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Already got a text on the don'tbebroke.com text line at uh, 69187, keyword R&R. Q, is the 90-man roster, does that include Josh Jacobs? And as of right now, no. Because as of right now, he doesn't have a contract, right? He has a contract offer out there, but he hasn't signed it. So, no, he doesn't count against the 90-man roster just yet. Now, guys like Tyree Wilson, who have their contract but aren't practicing, they, they count against the 90-man roster. Byron Young? Uh, they, they, he counts against the 90-man roster, right? I mean, guys like that Neil Farrell Jr., who is just on the uh, on the, the NIL list or the NLI list, I should say, uh, 
he counts against the 90-man roster. But Josh Jacobs right now has not signed his franchise tag. So, no, he doesn't count. So as soon as he does and he gets to camp, then there has to be a corresponding move made. So really good question. But, no, right now Josh Jacobs does not count on the 90-man roster. So uh, thank you for that text. We do appreciate you. And that's how, that's, that's how the don'tbebroke.com text line works. It's that simple. You have a question, something on your mind you want to get answered, we'll do the best we can to answer it. All you got to do is hit us, 69187. Make sure you use the keywords R and R. What do I mean by keyword? It's the letter R, another letter N, and another letter R. Those three letters, R, N, R, you put that in uh, as your message. So the, the phone number would be, if you're sending a text message to your buddy, your buddy's number is 69187. And then you start your message with R, N, R, space, and then whatever the hell you want to say. And then we're good. We'll get it. If you don't do that exactly like that, it's going to go to ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and Steve Cofield's going to say, um, why are they asking me about Josh Jacobs when we're talking about UNLV or we're talking about this, that, and the other? So uh, we want to make sure that we get your messages here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So, again, 69187, keyword R&R. Matter of fact, that's the number that you're going to need to use uh, so to respond to the question that I have today. And the question that I have, and I got a couple of them, as I always do, it comes from – uh, interesting article that I was reading from our good friend Ari Mayrov from the 33rdteam.com. He put out a piece on the website, 32 players, 32 teams, the most intriguing player for each team. Uh, so Ari does a really good job on the on, on the 33rdteam.com. Matter of fact, they do a very good job as a unit. But, yeah, 32 teams, 32 players, intriguing players for the 2023 NFL training camp is the exact title of it. So, of course – well, it caught my interest. I thought, all right, well, who's the most intriguing player that Ari has as far as the Raiders go? So as I was going through it, he put cornerback Nate Hobbs. He said not having a solid secondary is not ideal in a division like the AFC West and a conference like the AFC. The Raiders are banking on third-year cornerback Nate Hobbs, who primarily lined up inside as a rookie but played more outside last season. Hobbs has had more success in the slot than he did on the outside, and where he ends up playing will likely be determined in camp. So that got the, that got the wheels turning. Right. <laughs> and that's it don't take much, as you can tell, for me to get the wheels turning. But that got the wheels turning for me. So the w- first question I have for you that I'd love to get your response on. What do you think Nate, Nate Hobbs role will be in 2023? How will he do? Where will he line up? What, where, what are you comfortable with saying that you think Nate Hobbs is going to do in year three and where you think he's going to end up playing in this Raiders secondary? And then the other question I have is just a general question about the Raiders' upcoming season. We're starting to get, you know, emails talking about credentials, so that means that you know it's right around the corner, right? We're uh, 10 days away from the Raiders and 49ers at Allegiant Stadium. I already got my cousin Jesse, who's a 49er fan, telling me, hey, man, hey, cuz, I'm going to be in town, man. Got to catch up with you. I'm going to be in town for that game. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to catch up with you. Like, like people are starting to get fired up, right? I had Bonte Hill from 95-7 The Game text me earlier today. Hey, man, when's practice going to be for the Niners and Raiders joint practice? Well, uh, You know, we want to get this together and get going. And so there's a little bit of energy, right, and the Hall of Fame games tonight. So it's actually NFL action. And we all know it's preseason. doesn't mean anything. But the Raiders were part of the Hall of Fame game last year when Josh Jacobs actually played in the game. And a lot of people scratch their head, why in the world is Josh Jacobs running in that game? Well, he only went on to lead the league in rushing, so maybe something good came out of that. So who knows? Maybe with the Browns and the Jets, something positive will come out of it like it did for Josh Jacobs. But I want to know, what are you fired up about when it comes to Raiders football for 2023? And the second part of that, what are you still concerned about when it comes to Raiders football in 2023? What are you fired up about? 
What are you still concerned about? And then the question about Nate Hobbs that I have, where do you think he plays? What do you think his role is for the Silver and Black in 2023? So for me to answer the question when it comes to what am I fired up about, I'm fired up about the potential of this Raiders offense. And I know that that P word is a dangerous, dangerous word, right? Potential. Because, well, it's just, it's just that. It's potential. It, it's something that hasn't happened yet. But looking at the, at the offense and looking at what it can be and even being out there for a handful of practices – seeing Jimmy G be able to execute and get that ball out of his hand quickly, seeing what Hunter Renfro's been able to do, knowing what Devontae Adams can do, and knowing Jacoby Myers also is going to have a big role, assuming Josh Jacobs is going to get back. Again, it's a lot of potential, but I feel like, man, this offense could be fantastic. They have a real opportunity to just thrive and, and really lead this team. And then on the flip side of it, my one concern is the defense. And my big, my big concern about the defense is, are they going to be able to make plays? I, don't, I think that they're going to be better. Let's, let me, let me get, make that perfectly clear right now. I definitely think the defense is going to be better than it was last year. I just don't know if they're going to make enough plays. And when I mean by plays, I mean attention to getting the ball back to their offense, whether that's an interception, whether that's a strip sack, whether that's a you know, knock the ball out, a, a fumble, whatever. I mean, whatever the case is, however you get the ball back, turnover on downs, right? I, I, don't, I, I really don't care. I just think that that's going to be the biggest key for this Raiders defense in taking that next step. I think that they've got players. I really do. Obviously, Max Crosby leads the charge. I feel like that they have dudes, so I think Chandler Jones is going to play better than he did last year. Now, I don't know what that means. I'm not saying he's going to have double-digit sacks, but I do feel confident that he's going to play better. I think that Tyree Wilson is going to contribute. I think that Byron Young is going to contribute. I think Ja'Cory Bennett is going to have a nice little role as a rookie. He might have a growing pains here and there, but I think he's going to have a role. Marcus Peters, I think he's going to, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be the, like the hate-love affair, right? They're going to, you're going to hate him for a play or two when he gets burned, but then you're going to love him when he makes a play. And, you know, it's just kind of similar to what I saw the other day, right? He, he got beat by Devontae, and then yesterday he, uh, he, he came back and, and made some nice plays including an interception. So, I mean, it's kind of feast or famine when it comes to Marcus Peters, but that's how he's built his whole career. So you already know that going in. I just want to see them get turnovers, create turnovers, make plays, big plays on the regular. So my big concern for this team still moving forward is, are they going to make plays defensively? And, my, and, and what I'm most fired up about when it comes to the Raiders is the potential of this offense. And I think it really could be very good. You know, and one of the things I heard this morning on the morning tailgate, I heard Lindsey pointed out and then Vinny kind of co-signed it, was the team's failures last year. I mean, I know they went 6-11 and and nobody wants to talk about a 6-11 and team. Their failures wasn't from lack of talent. Like, the talent was never the question. It was the execution of the talent. I thought that when Lindsey said that, that was like a ding, 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 right? Or, or like if you're on, uh, what's that show that Steve Harvey, uh, he, he, he hosts? You know what show I'm talking about. Well, family he hosts feud? like 100. Yeah, a Family Feud. You know when they say like uh, top 10 answers on the board? Well, the number one answer for the Raiders and their failures in 2022 <laughs> was the lack of execution, right? It wasn't the fact that they didn't have the talent. There's certain teams that you could look at and you're like, oh, they stink. Why do you know that? Because they don't have any talent. They don't have anybody. And the Raiders have been guilty of that. There's been Raiders teams that I've watched over, over you know, the course of some years that I'm like, yeah, they're not worth the salt. They're just not. That last year's team had a lot of talent. It was just the execution wasn't right. So when Lindsay said that, it's like the light bulb went off in my head. Like, yeah, she's absolutely right. They just failed to execute 
at the highest level. That's why they lost so many double-digit leads. That's why they lost games at the last second. That's why they didn't, you know, convert on a few plays and they needed to convert here and there, right? I could use game one. Me and Jason Horowitz were talking about this at practice the other day. Week one against L.A., in L.A., I'm at the game. Derek Carr throws three interceptions. And guess what? They still have a chance to win the damn game. They're still in the game. So you think about this. You don't throw three interceptions. I know ifs and buts, and I know the rest of the saying. But if you don't throw those three interceptions, you probably win that game. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the last game he ever played with the Raiders, he doesn't throw those, those interceptions in Pittsburgh. They probably win that game. And I'm not trying to make this a Derek Carr thing because there's plenty of failures. Hunter doesn't put the ball on the ground against the Cardinals. Well, there was a lot of failures in that Cardinals game in the second half. It wasn't just Hunter putting the ball on the ground. But, I mean, there's, there's plenty of plays, right? Devontae, Devontae Adams and Darren Waller running into each other in the back of the end zone. That was a, a play. D- Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro running into each other in Kansas City. Like, that was a play, right? There's, there's, certain, there's just execution that didn't go the way that the Raiders needed it to go. But the talent was there. So I think that the potential for this offense could really be good. I think that they're more talented on offense this year, honestly, than they were last year. And I know that Darren Waller's not there. I get that. And he's a very athletic dude. But I think with the addition of Jacoby Myers, I think that that's a legit number two wide receiver as opposed to having Mac Collins as your number two wide receiver. Nothing against Mac. I think he did a, I think he did a great job for what he did or for what he was asked to do. But I don't think that that was what he was supposed to do if that makes sense. So, again, uh, real simple, a couple questions that I'd like to throw out there to you. What do you think Nate Hobbs' role will be? How does he do in year three? Where does he play? And then what are you fired up about Raiders football in 2023? And what are you still concerned about? 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. My man Ari just said, hey, you got a lot of texts. Read them, dummy. So I will. (laughs) Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q and Ari. What's going on, gentlemen, on this Thursday? Interesting two-part question for today's topic. Let me start off by saying I'm fired up for our Raiders just getting back on the field after a long offseason, especially the Derek Carr drama. What I'm concerned about is no secret, our defense. Who will step up and be the other alpha on defense? We know what Mad Max will do, but other than that, I'm really concerned about our defense, and that's on the real. Q, that's all I got for today as I'm getting ready for my birthday weekend. You know how I do it. Plenty of whiskey and lots of fun. Thanks as always, guys. Cheers, cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. And Ari, I'll tell you this. Sir Whiskey Ray is always going to something. He's always going to a party. It's, it could be a birthday party. It could be a bachelor party. It could be a freaking bar mitzvah. It could be it, I'm whatever. You name it, he's there. A bachelor party. Um, hell, he might go to a bridesmaids party if they even have those. I don't know. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's going to, if it has party at the end of it, He's going to like he showed up at a political event one day because he saw the word party at the end. And he was like, oh, my bad. I didn't realize that that's what that meant. <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to go get some whiskey. I mean, he's always going to some kind of party. If he's in Vegas, if he's in San Diego, if he's this, that and the other. Sir Whiskey Ray is living his best life. And you know what? Salute to him. I'm not mad. <laughs> what party? What's the last party you went to, Ari? I was going to say he's like the opposite version of me. Well, I yeah, I know because you don't go to parties. I went to a little something this weekend, but other than that, yeah. This- you went to a fight party that had about ten people at it. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Sir Whiskey Ray. He, I, I got an answer. Actually, he wakes up with ten people around him. The Lotus uh, Holiday Party in January. <laughs> oh, see, if that the was last, quite a party. If the last two parties you've been to is a work party and a party that has people from your job at it, you've got to get out more often, brother. Yeah, I agree. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, let me give you a day off. What day do you want off? Let me make sure we get that approved. I need you to get out. Like, when you go on your trips, wherever you go, when you get in that bird and fly, I need you to have a party there. <laughs> Anywhere. I don't care. All right? Just do me a favor. One party. You got it, boss. I mean, hey, I invite <laughs> you to the pool party. By the you way, do. we're having the pool party tomorrow at the Sahara Las Vegas, right? Azilo Ultra Pool. We're having a pool party. I always invite. Do I have to take you off the board tomorrow just to make you come out there you so you have just. a good time? Or uh, you could have a coworker try to convince me like you did. You might not know that, but I would tell Jared to bring you, but I can't get Jared to come to work, nope. so who knows? Correct. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he also had the wrong location, so I, yeah, I see, was like, Jared, Jared, Jared's in the wind, man. Jared's like, yeah, I'll get him there, boss. So, yeah. Oh, wait. Somebody's got to stay away from the partying around here, so Apparently. I'm just trying to be the responsible adult. You know? I hear you. I respect your responsibility. That's Ari No there sarcasm for you. whatsoever. At all. Uh, <laughs> got a text from a Raider fan from Southwest Virginia. He said, fire up to see the offense cook. Mayor, still waiting to see the defense progress. Uh, all goes back to the prove it as they haven't uh, as of yet. Defend a tight end for the love of God. Go Raiders. That's from Raider fan in Southwest Virginia. So there you go, talking about what he's fired up about and what he's not. And I think a lot of it is always going to go back to the defense. Uh, like I said, I took it a step further and talked about the element of the defense. I think they're going to be better as a unit. I just think that my concern is are they going to be able to create turnovers? And, and I get so frustrated, and I know I shouldn't, but I get frustrated when I see a tip ball in practice and I see it hit the ground. And it's not even that it's – I mean, they're not going to come up with every one of them. That would be unrealistic. But when I see a tip ball and I don't see anybody diving for it or when I don't see all of a sudden five guys running to try to go grab it, even if it's a run that's, like, not going to happen. It's kind of like baseball. When I played baseball, anytime someone hit a foul ball, my natural reaction, like natural instincts, is to try to run towards that foul ball, even if it's in the stands. But your natural instincts, like your body – and I know, Ari, you, you don't have an athletic bone in your body, so you wouldn't know about this – but – there's, I'm telling you, natural instincts, you just flinch like you're going to go run to go get that ball. I don't see that enough, and that's what bothers me. And so that, to me, is lack of instincts when it comes to getting turnovers and creating turnovers. So that, that to me, is what bothers me. Uh, we got this one right here from the 570. I'm pumped up about JG and his impact on the offense. I'm concerned with JG's durability. It's an odd number of years, so if he starts 15 games, we could have a crack at a wild card. And then as far as Nate Hobbs goes, Hobbs in the slot. Bennett has been hungry in camp, and you can't coach speed. I like that. That's good stuff. And I'll say this. Uh, from what I've seen as far as the Raiders lined up, again, only in a handful of practices, seven to be exact, I've seen a lot of Peters and Bennett on the outside and Hobbs in the slot. So you could be on to something. So keep those texts coming, 69187, keyword R&R. When we don't have a guest, you can give us a call at 702-365-9200. We'll start things off with Vinny with that. Uh, and if you have a question for Vinny, he'll join the show next. Talk all things silver and black. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Tight to the line on the right next to Illuminor. Sit him under center. Snap. Pitches to the left. Samir White at the 10. Has the 5. Racing to the pylon. TDLV. Raiders in the end zone. They capitalize on the Masterson interception. White with his second touchdown of the preseason. And the Raiders go in front of the Patriots. 9-0 deep in the first. 
It's unnecessary roughness. Now, we go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. Why does West get so deep is what I want to know. <laughs> he was saying, man, my man was talking at a certain level, then also he's like, now we go inside the huddle. with Vin-. I mean, Like, all of a sudden, he had to get slow and sexy on me, I guess. But, I mean, hey, it is what it is. You hear the Zamir White touchdown off the Luke Masterson interception that was from preseason i remember exactly when that play happened i was fired up about it because it was a turnover and well as we all know i'm very adamant about the raiders and their turnovers but vinnie bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines and vinnie thanks so much for your time as always my man i definitely appreciate you i started off the show asking people what they're fired up about when it comes to raiders football and then what are you still concerned about and my big concern was what i was just talking about plays can the Raiders defense make enough plays I think they're better than what they were last year just from what we've seen but I don't know yet if they have that killer instinct to go make those plays what have you seen so far from the defense yeah I'm with you I think we are seeing a lot of um, plays on the ball and you know not just you know being behind the guy and bringing him to the ground when he catches the ball but trying to break it up trying to create uh, turnovers and you know it bears repeating I know Raider Nation doesn't want to hear this but you know the truth of the matter is since 2019 and you could probably go back further but hey that's that's just, as far as I, I wanted to go back I think five years is enough uh, since 2019 the Raiders are last in the NFL enforcing turnovers uh, it's in the 50s and to put that in perspective uh, you know the, the team with the most the Patriots the team with the second most, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which, by the way, Robert Spillane played in Pittsburgh, and he talked a lot about creating turnovers. They're in the hundreds. Mm. So it, it would be one thing if last to first wasn't as big of a golf as, as it is, but it's a huge, like more than double, uh, you know, th- those two teams have on the Raiders in creating turnovers since 2019. You just can't live in that world and expect to compete at a high level. You just can't. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. You know, and you mentioned Robert Spillane, and he was the guy, it was funny, on Saturday when we met with him, he had everybody fired up just, you know, talking about football. You immediately looked at me after the whole media session was over, and you're like, that sounds like a guy right after your heart, a guy that you would you would like because, he, you know, he talked all that ball. What do you think, Robert Spillane, how do you think he projects into this Raiders defense? We know he's not great in coverage, but he just seems like he fits somewhere on this team. Yeah, and he was. He was speaking your language. We talk yep. about it every day on the sidelines. And, and to our listeners, I'm not exaggerating. That's part of the conversation every single day at practice, uh, whether it's a ball that we felt should have gone, you know, somebody should have gone and, and got it for a turnover or when it actually happens. Um, and it seems like, you know, look, going back to what Robert w- was talking about and w- what you're alluding to, I don't know what effect he's had thus far, but just eyeballing it in, in, in training camp so far, I feel like guys – are making a concerted effort to at least try to go make plays a little bit more than we've seen in the past. And, you know, let's throw Marcus Epps in there. He made a couple of nice breaks mm-hmm. on balls uh, yesterday when we were out there. Didn't come up with the interception, but you know what? It stopped an eight-yard gain. It stopped the 10-yard gain because he was able to break up the pass, coming up over somebody uh, and knocking the ball down. Didn't get the interception, but that could have been a third-down play where now the other team is punting, and it's almost as good as a, as a, as a turnover. Yeah, I, I, I like Robert Spillane. I do like the plays that I saw from Marcus Epps. I thought that, that was, uh, those were important. You know, and, and I've been down on Trayvon Merrick, but to their credit, I haven't seen those two guys at the safety position give up a big play yet in, in, in uh, training camp. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, you know, and, and, and that's, Trayvon is somebody that 
you don't want to be, you know, we, 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 we get this question a lot, uh, Q. Well, how can you, everyone looks good, uh, you know, at, at this stage. Everyone looks good in OTAs. And, and I'll give you that. These guys are, you know, the top 1% of what they do on the face of the earth. But it's guys that rise above the, 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 the everyone looks good uh, category and makes plays, makes splashes, makes you notice them. And what I guess my concern right now with Trayvon, and I don't know that this is going to carry over the season or, or even be a big deal. But he hasn't made anything. He hasn't. He hasn't announced his presence. He hasn't done anything that stands out above anybody else. And there are other guys who have. I mean, Jacorian Bennett to me has made some plays where you're like, okay, uh, all right, if you do that in the regular season on a consistent basis, good things are going to happen. But for, for Trayvon, and maybe maybe you see things a little bit different than I am. I don't see him doing anything that makes him stand out right now. No, I don't either. I keep saying that 25 is out there, but 25 is only out there. Right? right. I mean, that's 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 it. He, you're right. He has not made a statement where it's like, hey, by the way, don't forget, I'm here and I'm a former second round pick and I'm going to show you how good I could be. I think that's a great point that you bring up again. Vinny Boston, yours, our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness, a guy that both me and you were talking about yesterday and actually re- um, created the topic I had for the show yesterday was Jerry Tillery and the fact that I don't think that anybody's talking about him. I know I wasn't talking about him. Uh, you haven't talked about him that much, but it just seems like when we see him in training camp, he's out there with a purpose what 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 do you think Jerry Tillery's role is outside of what we remember from that Thursday night game against the Rams because he did have a decent season last year but that bad play was something that overshadowed everything it totally overshadowed uh, everything And I remember telling you yesterday that I was getting texts from Rams people who were like man feel bad for the kid because on film what they were looking at they liked what they saw he was he was playing well up until that point and we all kind of forget about it because he made a play that literally lost a, a game or con- helped contribute to the loss. But he was playing good, and I think it is important to remember that. And I think that he has come into camp um, kind of on a mission to, to pick up where he left off on the good, in, in the good way. And I think that he can be somebody that has a sneaky big season. I don't expect 15 sacks or anything like that. But, you know, if he could come off the bench and be sort of a, um, you know, a, uh, a, a guy that comes in on known passing downs, and takes advantage of some of the room that he's going to have to operate in with Chandler, Tyree, some of the youngsters that they have on the inside, and, of course, Max Crosby, and take advantage of that and be able to be a disruptive force when he's on the field, especially in passing situations, that's worth its weight in gold. And I don't think that we're talking uh, enough about him. And kind of ironically enough, I did some, you know, just hitting around uh, about him prior to training camp, and I was like, because I remember seeing him in in, in OTAs and, and mini camp, and I felt kind of the same way that I'm feeling now about him. And I was like, hey, are, are people paying enough attention to Jerry Tillery? He feels like somebody that's kind of flying under the radar but has a chance to have uh, a, a bigger-than-expected uh, type of a season. And the feeling in the Raiders' room is that. Is that, is that is, it really is that. And they feel he's capable of, of being a real contributing piece to this defense. Well, you know, they, they signed him pretty quickly. They re-signed him pretty quickly. So, obviously, they, they saw something in him. They saw enough in him to bring him back. And I don't know what it is, and maybe I'm just being fooled, but seeing him at practice and when he walks by us and when he's out there, he just looks like he's very focused. You know what I mean? It looks like he's just ready to prove his worth and really help improve this defense. Yeah, and Jerry's an interesting dude. I, I've known him, not known him, but, you know, uh, I'm a Notre Dame fan. Everyone knows that. So, you know, he was one of those guys that Notre Dame was able to get out of Louisiana. He was an SEC player, mm-hmm. and it was a big coup for, the, for Notre Dame to pull him out of Louisiana and bring him up to South Bend, uh, especially at that position. Usually those, those defensive linemen stay in SEC country. Um, so it was a big news that they were able to get him out there. And, you know, he, he, 
he definitely made an impact. He was obviously he was a number one pick. But here's the thing about uh, Jerry, and, and if you talk to some of his coaches, and they kind of had to sit him down a couple of times about this, um, but he is a very well-rounded person. He has many, many interests outside of football. And you know what? That's a great thing for him as his life progresses and he moves on you know, after football. Um, he's in finances, and you know, he's just a really curious person, has traveled the world, did that while he was in college. You know what, but at some point, even at Notre Dame, they sat him down and said, hey, you know, you've you got to focus on football. This is, this is, you know, what you do right now. And if you put all of your attention into that, you could take yourself to special places. And, you know, it didn't work out in, 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 in Los Angeles with the Chargers, uh, not for a first-round pick. But he had enough moments that you look at it and say, if he could put it together and just really get focused on football, um, this guy can make an impact. And I, I'm with you when you, when you watch him on the sidelines, um, you know, and, and just what we're, what we're seeing from him, uh, how intentional he is out there. Maybe that focus, maybe that light is on because, you know, this is what, he's on a one-year deal after, yeah. you know, uh, after getting cut by, by, by his, the team that drafted him in the first round in the last year of his contract. It's kind of do or die for him. You know, he needs to, if he wants to stay and if he wants to earn another contract that, you know, is one of the bigger contracts, your second contract, this is technically his second, but I'm sure he's looking for another bigger payday. Well, you have to produce. You have to show somebody that you deserve that kind of money. So it is a make or break for year for him in that regard. How does he respond? And it'll be curious for us to, to, to watch that. Vinny Bonsignores, our guest here, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We have a question off our don'tbebroke.com text line for you, Vinny, uh, from El Paso Raider. He said, hey, question for Vinny. How's our young safety, Chris Smith, looking? He's up there with He's in that rotation. I've seen him on the field. I've seen him on the field with Marcus Epps a couple of times, definitely with Isaiah uh, when that second unit comes in. And, and every time I see Isaiah and, uh, and Christopher out there, in my head I'm thinking, I wonder if that's going to be the Raiders' safety tandem of the future. Mm. You know? um, so I think, that, I think he was drafted for a reason. I think they really like him. Is he the fastest guy um, out there? Is he the most athletic? No. Um, but you know what? You don't always have to have all of those attributes to be a great player. There's been plenty of great NFL players that get by, um, you know, that, that overcome whatever the athletic ability might not be by just being a really good and smart football player. Yep. And I feel like that's where he profiles, and he looks comfortable uh, out there. And, of course, he's a rookie. I'm sure his head is spinning a little bit, but he, he's done nothing to, 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 to suggest he's not going to be able to handle this, um, you know, at some point, maybe not early on. Or right off the bat, uh, but I think that I think he's somebody that the Raiders uh, definitely like uh, and and feel has a bright future. I agree, hundred percent. I, I think that him and Trayvon Merrick may be in a nice little camp battle. Not not that Trayvon's not going to get his spot, but that Chris Smith might earn a lot more playing time sooner rather than later. You know what I mean? Like I just I kind of feel like he is in that position. And and look, you mentioned the guys that aren't the most athletic but still have long careers in the NFL. The Raiders just had him in camp last year and, and played for him last year. His name was Jerron Harmon. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. That, Dave Ziegler has said that, that Chris Smith reminds him of a young Jerron Harmon, so that's, that's who I keep comparing him to. Yeah, I completely agree, and, and that's sometimes what you need more than you know, somebody that knows the angles of the game, especially back there from that vantage point you know, where, you're, where you're seeing things. It really is all about uh, angles. Yeah, it would be great to have you know, the world-class speed, but you can, make up, you can make up ground 
by taking the proper angles, by being where you're supposed to be, by reading things that are in front of you. Um, and that was what he was known for in, at, at Georgia. If, if anyone out there has, you know, 10 minutes or so, put on the, uh, go to YouTube and, and, and watch his tape. It's pretty impressive. And you know what? He did it in big games uh, mm-hmm. as well. I mean, he made some impact plays in some huge games for Georgia. Uh, and there are people that tell you every game is a big game for Georgia. I mean, when you're playing for national championships, you can't afford to lose one. But in those premier games, playoff games and whatnot, uh, he's a guy that, that always showed up. We'll finish out on this, and we'll flip to the offensive side of things. I want to talk, ask you about the offensive line real quick. Jermaine Illuminor, he talked to the media yesterday uh, as long as uh, with, uh, who else, Brian Hoyer and also Malcolm Kuntz. Uh, he, he came into camp as a starter. I think that there's some competition between him and Thayer Munford. What, what do you think between those two guys, uh, what the offensive line competition should look like? Yeah, and, and, and that was something that, um, you know, you felt like Thayer had an opportunity, you know, especially after – Seeing him in, in OTAs and, and, and minicamp and, and understanding that he put the time in, you could tell looking at the body that, that you know, he got, he got to work uh, this offseason, which is a big, huge part of it. Um, and he was, you know, this is a guy who, uh, had he stuck at tackle at Ohio State rather than moved to guard, I think it was his senior year, mm-hmm. you never know how high he would have gotten drafted. Uh, but he did, you know, he took one for the team, kind of, uh, moved to guard, and I think that hurt his draft status a little bit. And in a lot of ways, the Raiders kind of got a steal there in the seventh round. Uh, picking him, and you know, he's a guy that's competed at, at, in college. He's a guy that, um, you know, there were some confidence issues. I think he's talked about that. You know, the mental part of the game, and and you know, staying on an even keel, and sometimes needing some help. You know, in order to to just be able to be right uh, mentally. But he's got all the physical skills, and you know, he didn't have a bad year at all last year. He played right. a lot coming in as that as that extra offensive lineman. He made a couple of starts because of injuries, so. Um, even though he wasn't a quote-unquote starter, he got a lot of reps uh, out on the field in some important football games um, and, and always seemed to do well. So it's not a given to me that he's not going to go in there and, and maybe take the job from Jermaine Illuminar. And if he does, I don't necessarily think it'll be because Jermaine lost it. It'll be because Thayer won it. And there's a big difference in those two, uh, in those two uh, concepts. So if he does take the job from Jermaine Illuminar, that's good on Thayer because it shows that you know he took this offseason seriously, came in there and competed and got the job. Not saying that that's going to happen right. because I do expect Jermaine to fight for that job as well. Yeah, no doubt. There's going to be a lot of fighting for jobs, and that's why training camp is fun because we get to see these battles up close and personal. Well, Vinny, great stuff as always. My man, what are you writing on that, uh, that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, well, the, the Raiders just lost um, you know, uh, Walter, the, the young yep. running back, for the season. So uh, an already thin running back room. Uh, got thinner, not to say that he was going to be, you know, somebody that they earmarked as a as a as an important, you know, player necessarily, but somebody that was in camp fighting for a job, and now he's lost for the season. And it just every time I see that, especially at that position group, I start thinking, all right, what's going on, you know, with with Josh Jacobs, and and when is he going to, uh, you know, come in? When are they going to come to some sort of an agreement to bring him in? I do think it'll happen, uh, but I think right now, I think uh, both sides are kind of entrenched in their positions. Well, there you go. Uh, we'll definitely be on the lookout for that stuff that you got coming out, and uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow morning, bright and early. What uh, do we know? What time we're having practice yet tomorrow? Or what's the deal? <laughs> I don't. Um, I've heard uh, some some kind of rumor that it might be inside. So usually when it's inside, okay. it's a little bit later uh, because obviously the weather isn't as important. But yeah. uh, that's just some speculation that I've heard. So maybe nine thirty. All right, well, there you go. Well, we'll, we'll obviously we'll figure it out sooner rather than later. I know you guys will be broadcasting live from uh, the facility tomorrow, so we'll definitely be paying attention uh, to hear you guys do what you guys do. So definitely appreciate you, Vinny. 
Absolutely. Thank you, man. Uh, have a great show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Vinny Bonsignor right there from the Review Journal, at Vinny Bonsignor on Twitter, and, of course, Radio Nation Radio 920, the morning tailgate with Lindsey Brown, Clay Baker, and himself. And uh, Lindsey and Vinny will be at the facility tomorrow. Uh, Clay will be in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio holding it down. But uh, we'll have every angle of this team covered like a glove when they get back to practice. What time is it? Who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out sooner rather than later. They'll send over an email uh, probably before this show is over and let us know exactly what time to be at the facility tomorrow. But uh, look forward after a day off, looking forward to getting back out there and uh, seeing what this team has. 2.47 is the time. We got plenty of text to get to. Uh, your calls as well. 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. All right, I see you. A little West Coast action, little Pac. Found his, uh, his murderer yet? Have you solved the mystery yet? No, I saw, just I saw, it. I saw another report this morning about, about Pac and the murder and, and the fact that they're getting closer and closer. And I'm like, man, this is like a real deal thing. So now they sucked me back in. I've fallen victim to who killed Pac. Like, I feel like everybody knows, but until it's, like, you know, confirmed that, hey, this is how it happened, this is how it shook out, yada, yada, yada. Like, we don't really know, no. And now I feel like that they're so close, and it's ridiculous because it's 26 years later, but, you know, that's me. So, nice rejoin right there. Anytime I hear some Pac, uh, I always get a nice little smile on my face. So, Ari, good job with that. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Really good conversation we had with Vinny Bonsignor in the last segment and a lot of great feedback that we've had so far. On the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r Question that I threw out there, what are you fired up about when it comes to Raiders football this season, and what are you still concerned about when it comes to Raiders football? We got plenty, and I mean plenty, of great feedback. Jim from Yonkers said, do we have enough of a strong mental attitude to finish off games from both coaches and players? For example, will we be up uh, in the first two games and find a way to lose and not win? Thank you for a great show. Jim from Yonkers. So the mental toughness, the willing, the, 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 the will to finish a game, right? That's something that you used to hear a long time ago. Uh, we got to learn to finish. We got to learn to finish. Well, a lot of that has to do with mental attitude, right? You've got you've to have that, that mental makeup to say, hey, we're about to finish this, right? You can smell the blood in the water. You see it. You got to kill it. You got to step on their neck, right? You got to just finish them. That old school video game, finish them. Whatever game that is, that's, that's, that's what you've got to do. You've got to be able to finish them. The Arizona Cardinals, they were on the brink week two. They were right there. All the Raiders had to do was go, soon, you know, and then just boom. I don't even know, was that Dawson? Is that that guy's name back in the day? I don't know. I'm not a video game guy. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's all they had to do. They had to hit him with the Chung Lee or whatever, right, and just kill, and just kill him. And they didn't. They let him hang around and hang around and hang around. They lost the game. So that's a great point, Jim. Thanks so much for that text. We do appreciate you. Sin City Raiders said, yo, Q, was at camp yesterday getting to say hi? Fist bump to you was a highlight for sure. I overheard, I overheard a fan saying he was talking to somebody from the inside, talking smack about Tyree Wilson, that he was a diva and that he came in making demands. Do you know anything about this? this is from Sin City Raider? No, and that's actually uh, opposite of anything that I would think of when it comes to Tyree Wilson. Uh, from what I know from Tyree, from the small conversations I've had with him or people that are around him, like his head coach, Right. And people that have covered him in college, that is not who Tyree Wilson is. He's from a small city in East Texas. And that does not sound like an East Texas type thing. Right. To come in as a diva and uh, and, and start demanding things. So I do not believe 
uh, that that is, the, that is the scenario when it comes to Tyree Wilson. Matter of fact, he's a very humble dude from what I know. I remember asking him at the draft about Las Vegas. What does he know about Las Vegas? He said, I just know it's a fun place, but I'm not there to pl- have fun. I'm there to work and get it done. So there's that. Hour number two is on the way. It's Red Nation Radio 920.